Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name's Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. Well, nice to have you. Today, we're talking all about blogs because today, blogs matter more than they ever have before. Let's face it, you're listening to Build Your Tribe because you're trying to build a tribe. You're trying to reach more people, create more sales, help others. You're trying to spread your message. And getting attention today is harder than ever when social media is flooded, like your grandma has an Instagram, which means more people using social media, figuring it out, understanding the algorithms and the opportunities, like a free opportunity to reach potentially thousands, maybe even millions of people. So it's a flooded market. Changing times mean we need to change strategy before everyone else figures it out. And then it kills the advantage that you could have by acting before the rest of the pack. Let's face it, with social media becoming more and more saturated, it can be kind of depressing. I mean, I hear from you guys all the time, like, I don't know what to do. I am getting fewer likes. I've got maybe more followers, but like it's growing so slow. Or I've got the same number of likes and comments that I had three years ago, and I'm putting in so much effort. I'm not getting a return. Like that's really depressing for some of you to be posting regularly, posting great content day after day after day, And you're getting the same number of likes, the same number of comments, limited engagement, and it's just not helping your sales the way it once did. You see, social media, it's a warm market, right? So unless you're following some of the very specific strategies that we teach in the Marketing Impact Academy, and you're doing it on a regular basis, you're probably resorting to what most people do, which is just trying to create great content and hoping that if you do that consistently, people will show up. Well, that used to work. It doesn't so much anymore. So unless you're using some of these very specific newer strategies, of which, by the way, we're always updating Marketing Impact Academy. So if you are one of my students and you're struggling and you still want to stay in social, Dig back in because there's tons of updates there. And of course, I'm always trying to bring you the latest and greatest here on Build Your Tribe. But gone are the days in social media of set it and forget it or post it and they will come. Posting content that's interesting to you, but kind of irrelevant to people who don't know you. Those days are gone. Posting the same kind of thing day after day, but just a different photo, but the same freaking message day after day about your product or your team and just kind of like changing it up a little bit. We're smarter than that. And we don't have time for it. Dude, you know this to be true. If you're following someone and it's kind of like the same song and dance every single time, you're not getting something from them. No matter how much you like them or find them interesting, you eventually just hide that content. And if you don't hide it, guess who now does? The platform. See, in the past, everyone that you followed, basically, you were going to be served up that content based on when they posted it. 
Today, platforms specifically like Instagram and Facebook, they know that you're annoyed with those platforms and that you're considering leaving them or you're spending less and less time on those platforms. So what they're trying to do is make the experience far more meaningful. In order to do that, they've developed their own algorithms to only serve viewers content from people who they are regularly interacting with. That means if you've just got a bunch of new followers and they haven't already regularly interacted with you and you don't capture their attention right away, and if they're not liking, commenting, and engaging on many of your posts on a regular basis, those platforms will actually hide those people's content from you. In other words, it doesn't matter how many followers and viewers and people who have found you, you might not be getting your content in front of them if people are no longer interacting and engaging. And then if people are no longer interacting and engaging, it's really hard to get engagement. You see how this works? You're not alone in your frustration. You may have noticed that social media has gone from being something that you could just post a captivating photo. Now what we're seeing as a trend, especially on, again, Instagram, are posts underneath the initial photo or video that could almost be considered a blog. They're long form. They read like a blog. Now, if you've been following me here on Build Your Tribe and you know a little bit about our business strategy and the way things have developed in recent years, you probably are aware that we are building a global brand called the 131 Method, 131method.com. We're really in our infancy stages. I consider it a startup. Brett and I have invested over $1.5 million of our own money into the research, development, and promotion launching of this startup. We're having to learn to do things very differently, strategically, and we can no longer rely on what I would consider a warm market. Your warm market are the people who already know about you. Your warm market, if you're primarily using social media as a means by which to find new customers and build your email list, then you're using an exclusively a warm market. And that warm market is going to get colder and colder and smaller and smaller, which is why one of the first things we had to look at this year was, okay, where are websites, new businesses, where are they getting traffic from? Cold traffic, traffic other than the people who already know about you. In our research and investigation, what we learned is one of the most powerful and important ways to do this is through organic search, meaning someone's going on Google or wherever and they're typing in what it is they're looking for, the solution to their problem, and they are organically finding your site. That's organic traffic. And then there's paid traffic. Now, paid traffic is the traffic that is sent to your, perhaps your social media. Maybe it's your website. Maybe it's a sales page. Wherever it is, you're paying either Google or Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You're paying per click or paying per acquisition for people to look at your stuff or to make a sale. We love organic traffic because supposedly, well, the idea is that organic traffic is free. You're not paying an advertiser to send traffic to your site. But there is an investment when it comes to organic traffic. So what I'll share for you today is our strategy as it pertains to our blog for the 131 method. First, I'll share with you why we made the switch, what it's doing for us, 
I'll share with you my honest reluctance, frustration, the doubts, and ultimately how it has paid off for us. And I can tell you that it is our primary focus moving forward. Then what I'm going to share with you is our minute-by-minute strategy, like what we're doing right now and why. And lastly, I'm going to give you specific strategies that will allow you to either scale back what we're doing or maybe scale up on our strategy so that you can start attracting a cold audience too. You know, I mean, your business can grow exponentially if you can attract an audience that doesn't already know about you. And that's who you want to help, right? So let's first talk about what our goal is as we're trying to build a tribe. I like to think of it as ACCC. That's our goal when we're creating content, in my opinion. So the first, the A stands for attract. Like I'm trying to attract people who are interested in knowing more about a blog post, right? So that's why I created this podcast. I've attracted you, perhaps. You're listening because you either read the title or maybe you did a search on iTunes and you discovered this podcast. I'm attracting you with that. Or maybe you found this podcast because I did a blog post that related to this podcast. Or maybe I promoted this podcast on my Instagram. So I'm just trying to attract people that I can help. I can also use paid advertising to attract people to either my website or an opt-in page, a sales page, etc. So the first step in our efforts to market ourselves is to try to attract people. We're trying to be attractive to them. And the easiest way to be attractive is by solving a problem. The C stands for collect. So if your first step is to attract someone, your second step should be to collect something. That's either collecting, hopefully, their email address or a follow if they're, you know, on social media. It might also be to just have them notice you've got great content on your blog and they are now thinking of themselves as a fan of your content and they're regularly going to check in themselves. Or maybe they're going to opt into your newsletter or opt into your blog content so they know when you're getting or when you're posting new content. Part of that collection process is it's like, it's almost like establishing that relationship. The next C or next step in this process is what I like to call convert. And I like to think of conversions as sales. For me personally, I know some people define conversion differently. For my purposes, when I think about how we strategize our content, I think about attracting people, collecting their information, and then converting them. Conversions can include things like banner ads on your blog, a sales page, a link that goes directly to an offer. That link could be posted in your Instagram bio or swipe up on Instagram stories. Conversions can be soft sells. Conversions can happen by emailing someone who's on your email list. Conversions can also be created by retargeting using paid traffic, retargeting someone who visited your website, is regularly visiting your website or maybe regularly visiting your sales page and then leaving. If you've got pixels installed, you can then later retarget that person when they're on other websites, etc., and get them to come on back for a conversion. And the last C, which I think is really important when we think about the lifetime value of our customers, is care. So I say attract, attract them, then collect, collect maybe an email from them, convert them, and then care for them. Because this relationship, as I like to think of it, is for a lifetime. I always like to say, once 
I've found you, you found me, you're not going to be able to get rid of me unless you get a restraining order because I'm here to take care of you for life. Uh, think of me as a lifer. Think I think of you as a lifer. It's like if I'm going through something, as I continue to evolve, I'm going to continue to help people understand what I've just been through, what I've triumphed, what pitfalls to understand. I'm going to care for you. So again, it was attract, collect, convert, and care for. So as we're starting to do this for the 131 method, our first challenge was realizing that we had to reach a market that had never heard about me, a market outside of my own personal social media. The first most obvious way to do this is with paid traffic, meaning we're running Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, Google ads, and sending traffic directly to a sales page. Now, that's one option. But again, remember, we're sending cold traffic to a sales page. These are people who we don't have a relationship with. So that in and of itself is a lot harder to do. There's no relationship. And one of the mistakes we made early on, I don't know if it's a mistake, something we had to do because it was a, a startup business and we wanted to do what I like to call a soft or quiet launch where we're testing messaging and really most importantly, we were trying to get it right for our members. So we launched with about 25,000 members inside the program. We wanted to make sure that our website as a membership portal was serving their needs. It was really easy for them to use the pull-down menu and search for recipes that fit their specific dietary needs that they could access whatever information they needed with regard to their health. So it needed a pretty robust search functionality. They also had to be able to easily consume the content. I mean, it's a dietary program. It's not a diet, but it's a health program. So people are learning what to eat. They have to download meal plans. And because a lot of it's customizable, meaning each person has a little different way that they're going to do it. We also had a team of registered dietitians in there. And we had to, we were just testing all this to make sure like, can we serve these people? What type of customer service team do we need on board? How many registered dietitians do we need answering questions and offering feedback? And, you know, there's just a lot of moving pieces. So we kind of want to do it quietly and get all that right before dumping a ton of money into advertising. Nonetheless, we wanted to keep the doors open, and that meant we were driving traffic, paid traffic, to a sales page. Now, the problem with that is, as I said, kind of obvious. There's no relationship. You and I both, when we go to a website to buy something, we're skeptical. So the first thing you do is you look for Yelp reviews, or you spend some time on their website looking at their blog, the about, who is this for, creators, founders, you know, you just, you want to get a sense of, okay, who am I doing business with? Well, we didn't have any of that when we first launched. We didn't have a blog. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amazing in-depth articles that were written by experts, part of our 131 community, but they were behind the membership wall. In other words, it's living on a website, but you can't access that content unless you were already a 131 member. Okay. So, Already, that meant that paid traffic created a shortcoming for us, if you will. It was expensive. There's going to be lower conversions. And ultimately, our research led us to understand that we've got to get organic searching traffic. People are just organically searching for whatever solution they're looking for and finding our website. But the only way to do that is if there's a ton of content that's available to the general population that people can find when they search. And the best way to do that is with 
great blog content and a lot of it. That meant we knew we needed to immediately shift our focus and just spend a lot of time, energy, and resources developing the blog for the 131 method. Now, this is very interesting because I've blogged for shaleenjohnson.com and that's about it. And not very much. Blog posts were pretty short. To be very honest, I hadn't spent a lot of time looking at blog best practices. The digital marketer team that we had in place at the time, we just didn't rely on organic traffic. We really relied very heavily on social traffic and not very much even paid traffic. The majority of it was, in fact, social traffic, some paid traffic that would go to a webinar. We'd serve them up content in a webinar, and then most of that would just result in a direct conversion on a sales page. So the information that we had on blogging, I wouldn't call it cutting edge, but it needed to be because we needed organic search traffic. Step one was to recognize our shortcomings and to hire an agency. Actually, that was our first decision. The first action that we had to take was to then interview and to kind of weed through the different companies that offer SEO services, specifically helping us to create this insane amount of blog content. As I mentioned, we had tons of content, incredible in-depth articles written by people who are experts and authorities in the industry. However, that content wasn't written with search engine optimization in mind, number one. And number two, a lot of that content had been created specifically, exclusively for our members. So we hired a search engine optimization agency. This is an agency who specializes in full-service search engine optimization. Now, agencies can do everything from just telling you what to do, giving you key terms and giving you recommendations, to actually creating the content for you, posting the content for you, writing the articles for you, creating the backlinks for you. So what you're going to end up paying for an agency depends on what you can afford, what it is you need, what resources you have available, and how badly you need that traffic. There are agencies for everything. And it's just like anything. You've got to do your research and make sure that you're using a really, really reputable company that isn't going to just, you know, outsource all of this and pull the wool over your eyes. We've learned so much about this in the last six months. It's crazy to think what I once thought about blogs versus what I think about them today. I can tell you that today it is quickly becoming our number one source of traffic. And it takes time and it's frustrating. So let me tell you some things you want to keep in mind when it comes to changing your own strategy when it comes to blogging. The first thing you have to understand is it takes time. People would tell us that initially and we're like, oh, wow, this sure sounds like a very self-serving way to explain that we are going to have to sign a six-month or a 12-month contract. But that's not true. We've since hired an incredible digital marketer with tons of experience in this field. And that's one of the first things she said. It, it takes a minimum of three months time. And that's not just to do the work. That's to allow the search engines to start crawling your website and for you to develop authority, for you to develop respect, if you will. And respect can't be bought. It has to be earned. The next thing you have to understand is it requires patience. 
because you're going to be creating all this incredible content and no one's going to be interacting with it. You're not going to be getting comments or traffic. That requires belief in the experts who are telling you this is what you can expect. It requires patience. SEO itself requires knowledge of how that works and how it changes. SEO, of course, means search engine optimization. It means what are the algorithms? Like what is Google looking for or whatever search engine people are using? How is that changing? And it changes all the time. It also means having a team of exceptional writers because at the moment, blogging has evolved. And what allows your site to be found is site authority. What site authority is determined by is many different factors. But a really important one is just like, how credible is this article? Does it give people more credible information than their competitor who's written an article on the same thing? See, in the past, you could write, if you were just regularly producing blog content anywhere from, you know, say 200 to 500 words on a regular basis, you could probably rank. In fact, one of our friends, a younger gentleman, recently graduated from college, and his first job was writing blog posts for a website that reviews tennis shoes for sneakerheads. And he was like one of 10 bloggers for this company. His job was to write between five to 10 blogs, get this, per day. And they had a team of other bloggers doing the same freaking thing. And I'm like, how can you write that much? He's like, well, no, the blog posts are like 100 words. I'm like, oh, okay. But since that time, a lot has changed. And Google, like anything, has figured out, yeah, you know, these 100-word blogs, no, that doesn't mean authority. So they're looking for, you can write this down, longer, more elaborate and profound content that still is credible. Like you're not just making it long like you did when it was a high school essay (laughs) and you'd use a bunch of fillers. The idea is to create credible content. So that means images, graphs, linking to other articles, maybe research. It's an in-depth explanation. An article that has authority is going to give people a more detailed response or look into whatever topic it is that you're writing on. Having said that, I don't know about you, but that's hard to do. Especially, I write so slow. I just finished my manuscript for the 131 method. I swear, I was worried that I was going to be in a rocking chair by the time I finished that book because I write so slow. I reread the sentence and then I think, hmm, could that be more concise? And then I reread it again. And then I think, is my voice really in that sense? And then I rewrite it. So this was really a big stumbling block for me at first until I realized, wait a second, the one through one method isn't my opinion. It's scientists doctors, integrative medical professionals, and our team of integrative registered dietitians, all of whom have their expertise. So it's their content. But I hired a lot of these experts. The experts on our team were hired because of their expertise in a particular area, not necessarily because they were writers. So we had to come up with a strategy where we could take the content that our team had already developed and then work with ghostwriters who had likely, in most cases, because of our industry, we had to make sure they had 
some background in nutrition and integrative health and find writers who specifically had that background plus some experience in search engine optimization. Because the way your article is written, the way you're linking to sources, the way each photo is saved and selected, and even your headings and subheadings, all of that needed to be on point in order for us to create this content that as we continue to populate our website, 131method.com, with that blog content, it would begin to not just build authority, but also be done in such a way that it would optimize our chances of being discovered. As I began to develop the content for this podcast, I thought to myself, should I assume that people are blogging all the time and they're up to date in their practices or should I assume that people aren't? So I'm going to share with you some important practices. If you've already got the blogging thing down, thank you for listening to this episode. Go back and listen to some previous episodes. I just you know, want to be clear on what I'm going to be covering and I don't want to waste your time if you, you've already got this blogging thing down. I can tell you we did not. So I want to just share some things that you, number one, need to know. First is you need to understand headlines and subtitles. Second, you need to understand how to find the right key terms and words that you want to use in your content and in your headlines. And then make sure that you're not reproducing that same headline or that same content, those same keywords in multiple articles. If you are, and you've got like, let's say three or four or five different blogs that all are on, let's say goal setting, for example, and that's the key term that you're using is goal setting. I would take a look at what type of traffic each one of those URLs is getting. And then I would redirect so that the other three, let's say you've got four articles on goal setting, I would redirect three of them to the one that's got the most traffic, like do a 301 redirect, so that if someone is searching for that, you're not competing against yourself, you're sending all the traffic to just one article. The next suggestion that I have for you is to go back through old content, old blog posts, and make them better. So don't delete them, but enhance them. Add more photos, add more links stronger content, greater authority, update them. Like there's so many, I mean, this is a never ending job. I'm just gonna tell you honestly, we're doing this with 131 Method, but next up is shaleenjohnson.com. I haven't even started doing it there yet, but there's so many older blog posts that I don't even know how updated the content is on those blog posts from like five years ago, but it's great content. It just might need an update, maybe a tool, or a website, or an app that I mentioned in an older blog post is no longer current. Well, that diminishes my authority. It diminishes the user's experience. And Google, what they care about is the user's experience. Because if Google is sending you to a website that doesn't serve your needs, isn't what you were looking for, then Google isn't doing its job and therefore you're not gonna spend as much time on Google. Isn't it interesting that all we talk about is Google? Whatever happened to Bing? I can't even remember some of the other search engines, but that's why Google is always changing their algorithms, not to mess with us, the advertisers, the marketers, the business owners, but they're doing that to provide the user with a better experience. So you want to help them to do that by making sure that anyone who visits your site after searching for a term is having a really great experience. They're not getting outdated content. So make a list, make some time and go back through all your previous blog content, 
and update it. I also mistakenly thought that blogs had to be published on certain days, like, oh, I'm blogging on Mondays and Fridays, kind of like when you're producing YouTube content. And even with certain social media platforms, like if the algorithm picks up the fact that you're on a consistent basis producing content, it starts to recognize that it's coming then, and so do your followers, etc. Like podcasting, for example, iTunes has an algorithm that starts to recognize what days we publish on and at what time, and it tends to show up quicker in people's search engines when they're searching, say, on the podcast app. Well, as it pertains to blogs, you don't need to have a set schedule. In fact, you can backload content. You can upload 300 posts. That's a ridiculous number, but you could hypothetically upload 300 posts on one day and it's not going to hurt or hinder or help necessarily your search engine optimization. Well, I guess it could help because now you've got more content. What it won't do is it won't hurt you. So don't feel like, oh gosh, I've got all this content that I've got to start producing and I've got to wait because I've always been on the schedule of like once a week. Now, this is just general information. If that's not how your user, the user that you've come to serve, that's not how they want it served up to them. That's not what they expect. Well, then you've got to find a workaround for that. You can create blog posts that are in an archive state or that are not published that particular day, but they're back published. So there's lots of ways around that. But the key is you are creating the type of content that when people are doing a search on Google, they find your content. And so as it pertains to the user's experience, you also want to make sure that all of your images match the content. Like you're not just sticking images in there to stick images in there. And from what I understand, you want to save images. Like let's say you're using, I don't know, a program where you're able to buy stock photos rather than using the name that's on the stock photo. And obviously I'm talking about images that you've paid for the rights to use, but rather than just saving it as girl looking surprised dot JPEG, you want to rename that file to include some key terms. That's also going to help you rank. Additionally, when people are reading through your article, if there are broken links, right? Like, as I mentioned, a previous blog post, maybe that site is no longer available or that tool no longer exists. Broken links create a bad user experience. So you want to double check your site and make sure you don't have broken links. And shout out to Neil Patel. By the way, I want to give him props because even though we've hired agencies, I've learned so much specifically about SEO and blogging from listening to great podcasters and reading books. And I learned in one of his podcasts about a site called brokenlinkcheck.com. And Neil, you must be doing something right because the agency that we hired in one of our phone conferences, we asked a specific question about like, I forget what it was. But it was like best practices around something very specific. And they were like, okay, we're going to do some research and, you know, and get back to you on that as quickly as we can. And they sent us back a link to Neil Patel's blog. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. They just sent us a link to one of their competitors. That's just proof that he's created that authority. He is the go-to place to better understand search engine optimization and how you can leverage the power of your blog. In the last six months, the last year, we've learned so much about the power 
of driving traffic to our website by using the best blog practices. And I'd love to do a follow-up episode, Build Your Tribe episode, specifically on best practices and go into greater detail. Maybe I could even get Neil on the show. We could interview Neil about his best practices. If that's something you would be interested in, here's what I ask of you. I'm really deciding on what content I'm going to put on Build Your Tribe based on popularity. So if enough people listen to the episode and download it, then I know it's popular. If it just doesn't get very many downloads, I know based on the title, it's not a problem people have. So here's how we're going to do this. If enough people download this episode, I'll know there's interest and I'll do a follow-up. How can you help us make that happen? Share it. So while you're listening, like right now, without even leaving the podcast, if you look down at your phone and you tap the screen, there should be a little box with an arrow, you know, the send feature, the send icon. Just tap that and you can text a link to this episode to a friend who's a business owner or someone who's trying to build awareness or get traffic to their site. You can also take a screenshot of this episode and it's something you can post on your Instagram story, like people are following you on Instagram for valuable content. And I hope that you found this episode valuable. They think of you as a thought leader. So let them know what you're listening to and how you are constantly interested in business development and personal development. Take a screenshot of the Build Your Tribe episode, maybe put a little note on it, post it up to your Instagram story. And if you've got the ability to do a swipe up, post the link to this episode. The more people we get to listen to it, the more I'll know that there's interest and I'll do a follow-up. But in closing, let me give you some very quick, very quick things you want to make sure you're keeping in mind as you take a look at your existing blog or begin to start a new one. And the first of which, as I mentioned, is that the content is robust. It's not just filler. You're not trying to make the content longer just to make it longer, but you're really spending some time making sure that you're serving people's needs. You want to make sure that the posts, having said that, are easy to read at a glance. Studies say that 16% of people actually read the article. The rest of us just scan the article, and that is me to a T. I read headings. So I'm a stickler about having our blog posts written that way because, you know, I'm our customer. So what I tend to gravitate towards is probably what our customer is going to gravitate towards. And I'm not a fan of like reading and reading and reading. I want to see bullet points. I want to see pictures, graphs, photos, and headings. Know your target audience. Write for them in the voice that matches your brand. Don't change up. Stay on point when it comes to your brand in terms of your message, your beliefs, what your brand would and wouldn't say, what your brand stands for, like be informative, be conversational, but make sure that the tone is consistent in each of your posts. Eliminate extra fluff in all your sentences. When I look at a transcript from one of my podcasts, I'm always like, why does this girl use so many friggin' unnecessary words? But reading a transcript and writing a blog post are completely different. Yes, I try to keep my blog content conversational, but there should be no unnecessary words. Keep the sentences short and sweet and easy to digest. Stay topical. I know I mentioned going back through older content and updating it. That's one way to keep it topical, but we are constantly paying attention to things that relate to inflammation and autoimmune and food and diet and weight loss and trends and tips and, you know, things that people are considered sensational headlines and we address them immediately, like the same day, because we've got a team of people who are helping us write. Like recently, 
there was a headline that said, Harvard professor announces coconut oil, one of the most poisonous foods you can eat. And that article started trending on Twitter. And because our team is so on it, I was like, okay, team, here's what we need to do. We need to write a really in-depth blog post addressing this comment. Why? Because people are searching it. You read a comment like that and you're like, what? Nobody wants to be wrong or feeding their family something poisonous, especially when you're like, I thought that was healthy. So we wanted to be at least one place where people could go to get the real answers. And that meant providing an in-depth understanding of why this professor would have said that and what's the real deal. And lastly, don't forget to try to encourage engagement. Like it really should be a conversation. Don't be discouraged if people aren't commenting. That doesn't necessarily mean people aren't going there, but you can look at your traffic and you're going to see that there's hopefully going to be an upward tick. This is a really important area for all of us to consider because social media is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. And I think we're going to see fewer opportunities in social media. Like we knew this was coming. It was too good to be true. And that means we've got to change our strategies, right? You've got to stay ahead of the pack. And that's why you listen to Build Your Tribe. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. Don't forget to share this episode. We are done. This edition of Build Your Tribe was brought to you by 131 Movement. Stop dieting. Save your brain. Save your gut. Live longer. Feel better. Stop going on a diet or following somebody else's rules and figure out what it means to have your own diet. Figure out a method that actually serves you, that helps you to be a better version of yourself. Let go of all of this craziness and confusion that surrounds diet and understand the science, the science of one, the study of one. Join the 131 movement today. We're taking back the word diet and getting what we are rightfully entitled to which is our health. You deserve not just to look amazing, but to feel amazing. I'd love for you to learn more about my personal journey and why this is a true passion for me. I invite you to learn more by going to 131movement.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.